Welcome to the Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast, where we help people help people. Our vision is to support all the individuals out in the world who are helping others become better versions of themselves. We represent a group who create Intuitive Mind Solutions for the challenges in the world today. Human potential has been limited because we have forgotten that our true strength as humanity is the ability to work together. We will stand by your side, we will have your back, and we will do whatever we can do to support you and your vision to help others. Today, in this age of awakening, it is time to bring the intuitive minds of intuitive people together to awaken the rest of the world. We are here to bring together the right people at the right time to create the right solutions that the world needs in order to thrive. The Intuitive Mind Solutions Podcast is hosted by Dr. Matthew Bresky and co-hosted by Dr. Adrian Orain and Joshua Baudouins. Stay relaxed, everybody. Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Matt Bresky. Um, I'm from the Intuitive <clears throat> Mind Solutions, and I'm here today with the Council of Controversy. If everybody wants to introduce themselves, feel free. Yeah, I'll start. I'm Joshua from the Netherlands. I'm a counselor in uh, practical psychology. And uh, I'm with Intuitive Mind Solutions here. Adrian? Um, yeah, I'm uh, Adrian. I'm a chiropractor uh, from France and um, I practice here in the Netherlands with uh, Joshua and uh, Matthew and with the Intuitive Mind Solutions. <clears throat> Chris Burns. Oh, there's Chris. Still Chris. My name is Chris Burns. I'm down in uh, Mississippi in the United States of America here, and I am in IT and uh, <laughs> I don't know what else is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm there. I'm, I'm uh, nope. One more time. I'm Dr. Kevin, and um, I, I say I'm into functional neurology. I'm a doctor of chiropractic, but also into studying the nature of what causes life, what causes wellness. Where are you located? In the New Jersey, United okay. States of America. Yeah, thank you. Ben Brownsberger, I am from the Boston area in New England, <coughs> United States of America. Okay. I am so a neurotherapist and I study basically all the things that make the wheels of the, the world work and trying to find out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. It's like a full-time job now. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I, I don't even want to, that's why I'm glad I have you as a friend because you read all the, the Pizzagate WikiLeaks. Mm. I have on my, that computer <laughs> right now. That's awesome. Bless your heart, man. Bless your heart. <laughs> Thanks for you doing that right work there. for us. It's a, lot, it's a lot of stuff to filter out. Some crazy people. Okay. So, as the Council of Controversy, and this group has room for more, I'm hoping to get anywhere between 12 and 15 people, maybe on this group, and we're going to do this call every two weeks. We're going to have this show. It's going to be basically what the intro to the show said is, is we want to just filter out the truths that is hidden within all the misinformation that we get via social media. And 
there isn't really a platform where people can uh, express their point of view and their perspective. So essentially, I can say what we want to do is we're coming up with a collective perspective on controversial issues and topics. And over the year, we're going to discuss many different topics, and I will read the list to you at the end of the show. Um, but due to the times current situation, we're going to we're going to discuss what's going on in the world today right now, because what's going on today in, in the world now has raised a lot of questions from the past. It's created a lot of conspiracy theory talk. And, you know, I think we need to first get into that because if we're going to be talking about controversial topics, people are going to say we're talking about conspiracy theories. And I think we need to come up with a collective perspective on what that really means to the people and what it really means in, in truth and reality, you know, the origin of it and why it's there. And so that's why I have us all here. And this is the first group, um, that I put together because I think it's the best group to start this program off and this, this council off. And, and we're going to start by just explaining first that, and I'm going to let Dr. Kevin start first on his perspective on, on the whole conspiracy theory, because I'm going to go over this bulleted list of a bunch of different things going on because of COVID-19. So now, on that bulleted list, when we go through every one of these things are going to be kind of conspiracy theory related, and they're going to have a connection to COVID-19. So everything that people have been saying for a long time is starting to come up to the surface. And the people listening to this show, we want to be kind of, uh, yeah, you're, we want to assist you into understand things a little bit differently than what you've been learned to uh, condition to learn because so then Kevin I think you have a pretty good thing about the conspiracy theory history well I yes and and there there's definitely an interesting history with the with the word um, conspiracy theories however let's let's I want to go a little more basic with with it first let's take the word theory and is let's define what the word theory is okay that's a great in my opinion that's one of the best places to start with is, 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 a, is a dictionary. So a theory is a supposition or a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained. So essentially, it's an idea, an attempt to explain why something happened, anything. So then we look at conspiracy, and uh, I guess the basic word there would be conspire which is to make secret plans jointly or to commit an unlawful or harmful act. So essentially what conspiracy theory is, if you look at the words and how I look at the definition there is an attempt to explain why things are going, why is this evil? Why are these, why, why are these harms happening? Why, why is the system seem like it's always hurting the people regardless of what country we're in? And it's an attempt to explain mysteries, or reoccurring problems or a general a general negativity when it seems like there's solutions at hand already to solve many of these problems how come we're not employing these problems uh, employing these solutions so conspiracy theories attempt to get at to the truth of why there's a problem in life 
or why some bad thing happened in public. And in the face of facts that seem like they're not corresponding or correlating. So that being said, I think conspiracy theory, when you start to look at the word, it can be a good thing. However, there's a history within the United States of the origin of that, or the popularity uh, of that word, and, and that's associated with um, uh, some of the governmental agencies with three letters, most notably beginning with the letter C, <laughs> ending with letter A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that being said, um, uh, that is how I'm going to start that conversation off. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so, well. Well, well. Some comments. You, I want to look up the uh, the or the, the date of the origin of that. See if I can find real quick. So then you get to point who you want to bounce that off of now, and you're not mm -hmm. allowed to bounce it off me because. <laughs> I actually I want to bounce off Adrian uh, next. That's where I get. That's where I get the. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's smiling too, so I think he he's got yeah, something to comment so. on here. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, now, just remember, Kevin. Where do we start? Kevin's gotta go, so <laughs> we, <Okay>. gotta, <laughs> we gotta we gotta go fast. I got a little time. I got a little time. Okay. Um, conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah, like uh, um, Dr. Kevin said is uh, that the, the term is very controversial in itself because of the uh, because of the the gap between the actual definition and what uh, the, the idea we have about it <clears throat> um, most people and what mainstream uh, uh, labels it labels the people that talks about those topics as um, yeah um, the agenda of the government uh, to yeah to uh, create even more harm for normal people and create even more wealth and power for uh, for them for themselves and, and that's a lot of the the idea of um, uh, of what is a, a disease, right, uh, is separation. There is a separation between um, what what you who you need to be and what you need to do, and what you are, what you actually are, or how you acting as. Uh, you think some, uh, about something, you think about planning, doing a new project, but you actually, um, what you're actually doing is watching videos or a series on Netflix. And that's, that's the separation between that mind and, and that, that's also what, what can be uh, translated into um, further things. Uh, some cells are, doing a good job some other cells are beginning to to go in, into cancer and that's what's happening in, in the in the society with the group of people that are actually acting like a cancer and the the rest of the species actually trying to uh, figure out what's happening 
Uh, your mic, Matt. Your mic. Yeah. Now you got to bounce it to somebody else. So essentially, uh, what you're saying is, well, from what I what I get from it is like, well, why we have these conspiracy theories is because, and and the circumstances is like. Everybody is watching Netflix, but they won't watch a documentary telling truth for an hour. They would rather watch six episodes of a show versus doing their own research. Yeah. And, and, and that number is so much more than the number doing research. Yeah. Well, you know, um, watching things that m make you change your ways and make you change your behavior, make you change your opinions are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of movie that that makes you think and makes you see the horror, makes you see it's not bliss. It's yeah. not. But the, the, the funny thing is about all the series I've watched and movies, actually the, the trend of, you know, mostly of um, thrillers and uh, crime movies and stuff like that. At the end, it's all about trust. Either they trust the guy or they don't trust him. No, so it's about treason or, or you trust your friend, but actually your friend is the guy that, that is gonna take you down. And that's, if you, if you look at them, the dynamics and the mechanic is all, is all about trust. Uh, who you can trust, who you don't, uh, and, and stuff like that. So it's uh, with the government is also the question is, do you trust them or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing that. You want me to read it out loud? Yeah, I'll put it back up. So according to Zero Hedge, the term conspiracy theory was created by the CIA in 67 as a way to discredit anyone who dared to challenge their official version of the truth. So Chris, you get to get, go next. Okay, <laughs> I, I can hop on that one. Um, so <clears throat> partially kind of, again, echoing what Adrian said a little bit and maybe going a little bit into that definition, I think is interesting. It's kind of here, sitting here thinking about it and it's very close to what I was thinking about. So the, the conspiracy theory thing itself, we have this notion in our society, every time you hear conspiracy theory and most normal people have a connotation of this word and their, and their definition of the word conspiracy theory is not the conjunctive words and definitions that you listed off, right? It's like, it's a nut job who thinks on the pages and doesn't watch CNN. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so very much right. the, the conspiracy theory uh, ideal and that and that is a problem that we need to address right because when we assume that any news outlet government media whatever that might be is absolutely in our best interest in telling us the truth that's just historically bad practice right that never works out for the people involved not good um, and and there's this big idea right now too with government and putting out the conspiracy theories that everything's okay it's like, well, 
everything is not all right because the fact of the matter is, is all of our rights are just being eroded more and more and our money is being taken more and more. It's being doled out and, you know, big bailouts to giant companies that we already support with our dollars that have been taxed and go buy their cars and go do all of this stuff. So there doesn't really need to be a conspiracy for the people to be suffering. And I think that the reason that we're here and the reason that this is an idea, this is a topic, it's something that somewhere between five and 45% of the population are actually talking about is because it's real that people are feeling the effects of this suffering. And when that happens, um, things happen like, you know, people leave Britain and dump tea in harbors and form new governments. And they come up with these ideas that governments really aren't to be trusted. And the idea of this government was, you know, to be a small federal government that had some power and asked for a little bit of money, but didn't control our everyday lives. And it wasn't responsible for the care of 60% of the citizens. And the reason that that's bad is because government is just bad at that stuff. They're much better at killing people. The, the job of government is to provide for the defense of the citizenry, right? And they are good at killing people. So let's let them do that. But the rest of this stuff, you know, we even set up the little state governments. It's like, hey, we need some rules locally to help these people along here and there. And there are good things that come from the rule of law, courts, federal government, all of that. And I am a federalist up front. Like I, I believe in this, the central government that we have here in the United States for the United States. It doesn't necessarily apply to the world, but it works really well here, or it should. And it's breaking, it's breaking down because of these things. And it's, I think in, if not small part, in large part due to the fact that the people who want to do something aren't powerful enough to do it. And the ones that are labeled as these conspiracy theorists and they are discredited in such a way that their opinions no longer matter and don't get out to the masses. and people don't get to think for themselves very often. Yeah, that's so true. Well, and I think we're not taught to think critically about things. You know, you, you, you said it, hitting on the Netflix thing, and it's like, is that the research? Because Netflix is not really research, right? I mean, they've put some cool stuff on there in the, in the past years and things like that, but that's not really research. That's someone else's research that they've still included in a box for you. It's like, okay, well, we've enough of this has gotten out and it didn't really affect things. So here it is in the mainstream. You can watch this. We don't really care anymore. And I, I thought it was interesting. I, specifically, I think I'm talking about the Zeitgeist addendum being on Netflix. I thought that was cool. It was up there for, I don't know if it is still on there or not. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that was a good one even if you get past or take apart or deconstruct all of the conspiracy theory parts of it, that was the first explanation of the way that our money system worked that I understood yeah. that anyone had ever told me. And my parents did well, owned businesses, sold businesses, own businesses now, I work and, and do things in America and didn't and don't have a real understanding of the way our money system works. And I think it's interesting that, you know, back in, well, I think it was like 1951 or something like that, Henry Ford said that if Americans knew how our money system operated in the morning, there'd be a riot. And it was because we were no longer in control of it. And the guy on the $20 bill ran his whole campaign telling us, hey, don't let other people control your money. This is bad. And we let them do it anyway. Yeah. And I think when we get to the end, when we go through that list, uh, we're gonna, it's going to come all 
down to money. And I want to hear a little bit what Ben's got to say and Joshua's got to say, and then I'll say one more thing and then we're going to get going. Ben? I'll jump in. <laughs> yeah, this whole conspiracy theory idea, it's a speaker, uh, public speaking, and like a CEO trainer I worked with about 15 or so years ago. He, he really cautioned people from using what they called media buzzwords. And uh, just even saying the word conspiracy creates a shutdown in the mind-controlled minds of the fluoridated water drinking people of the world. And um, <laughs> yeah. that's another subject to get into there. That's on our list. Amen. Amen. That's on our. We put that one on there with Mercury. What did he just say? Yeah, right. What did he just say? I don't know. So everything is about discrediting people who are free thinkers. It's not about discrediting whack jobs. It's about discrediting people who might actually, you know, hey, there's a little man behind the curtain. It's not some all great and powerful wizard. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have magic powers. It's another dude. And that's the problem with these people. They're just people. But as Matt said, it's coming back to who has the money and how many of these people that have the money think they're so smart that they know what's best for everybody. And they've been fed this agenda by the people that came before them to keep it just rolling. Whoever's driving the train and the history of it all, I think there's some clear arrows several hundred years back. But at the end of the day, hey, you got a free thought? Sit down. You're in detention. I mean, you programmed from the time you go to practically any school. Don't, don't talk up. Don't speak out of line. Don't spoke until you're spoken to. Your peers are trained to teach you. If you raise your hand and ask a question, you don't understand, then you're an idiot or you're made fun of. You know, I, I'm really fortunate that I had both parents that weren't the best parents in the world by any means. But one thing they said is that no question is dumb. And remember this when you go to school, the other kids don't know it if you don't know it. Even if they pretend they did, you still ask your question because you're going to get ahead by finding out the answers that you need to know. And if you don't like the answer, you don't have to take it as face value. Go do your own research. So that might have been go to the library a long time ago. That might have been, you know, you know, call places. I've got a box of things I got from my mom from uh, 17 years ago. She passed away, left me a bunches of things that she had dug up back in the paper, handwritten letters days of requesting government documents and pamphlets and some far out things and it's all available. Like the bad guys are really bad at hiding their agenda and the information and they'll freely hand it out. And that's part of the control is if we're doing it in front of you, we don't have to feel bad about it. And you know, that's a whole other, like somebody said earlier, this is a 23 year call. It's not, it's not, <laughs> not a one hour call. I don't know, but yeah, so discrediting free thinking and even calling it the Council of Conspiracy, we should be calling it maybe the Council of Free Thinking. And like that's what people have got to wake up to is we got a brain. Like, could you sit in a desk in an institution and someone tells you how to think for 13 or that doesn't mean you have to do what they say or think how they tell you to think. If you fact check so many things that you're taught in school, 
you just find out one more detail was BS, one more detail was BS. I ask anybody in my age period that went to school in the US this question, and it's very, very simple. And it's like, what's the tallest building in America prior to you know, your education? Maybe it was from the 70s through the 90s. What did they teach you? They taught you in America that it was the Sears Tower. However, the Twin Towers World Trade Center were finished in the mid 70s, early 70s. So the correct answer my entire life was the World Trade Center was the tallest building in the world. Yet, I went through my entire school year hearing the Sears Tower was the tallest building. But it wasn't. What was the distraction and the deception of that? What That had to serve a purpose. Tell people is this. So that way when these towers got blown up, everybody's like, what are the towers? I don't even know what that is. If you're a Midwest person, like I was most of my life, like you, Twin Towers, I don't know. It's a thing in the background of some movies. And they're like, it's, it's, the, it's the tallest building in the world. No, well, that's the Sears Tower. Well, no, that's been wrong your whole life, but we told you it was right. <laughs> so yeah. there's no end to the deceptions that people have been put to. I think, so we, yeah. I think we can write in our, another con, uh, controversy card I'm going to write down for the future is going to be the, man, uh, the, the Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. Hell yeah, why not? I think, I think you get into that because – but we're not going to get into that right now. I mean, anything that you get into, this is my summary sentence. Anything <laughs> that you know something below the surface level of knowledge and information about, you'll really quickly look at anything coming off of the television and go, yeah, that's really horse manure. Like, that's so, that's not the truth. That's so checked out from what the truth is that, like, what, what else isn't true? And no. there it goes. There. <laughs> Here we are. Okay. Joshua? You got anything? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, psychologically seen, the, the government uses a lot of psychology in what is shown and what is not. And they do that by leaving facts uh, off the screen. They, they do it also by deforming uh, interpretation, like a conspiracy theory. That, that word is now so even as contagi contagious as uh, COVID, they make a taboo around it. When you're the, the link to the word uh, conspiracy theorist, uh, then you're already bad. But you, they say conspiracy theorist, but it doesn't mean there's no conspiracy. There, there can be a conspiracy, but the word is so yeah, yanked out of his interpretation and made bad and made taboo that, yeah, they put you on the spot as a conspiracy theorist, you're done. And that's what's happening now a lot. Uh, that's what I see. And the thing I use to stay out of it in my mind is uh, what I know, I know from my own observation. And I tend not to listen to anything. I just go around and see what happened to COVID-19. Uh, there were not so many people in my ring that, uh, that were real ill, like in the hospital. So I didn't see that. I looked at the people next to me. I asked them, how many of you, your guys got contagious or are in the hospital? They said, nobody. And then one my friend my friend his aunt and somebody else they said oh yeah 
that's a per there is a person in the hospital yeah but that is far away that that's like a lot of people away so it's not that close and in the end the numbers uh, the video that Adrian showed us today where they made a miscalculation about the percentage the, the numbers now show that uh, also it's kind of the, the death is like the flu because they didn't uh, count the people that had already had the virus so the number uh, of people that had the virus then went up to 14% of the population instead of what was it for four and a half so if you then uh, calculate again and divide it by the number of that then the new number of that is much lower yeah than the than the original one and that these kind of tricks are used yeah to constantly um, put us on a track that we should follow and I also have the feeling that I'm being played from all sides when I watch our president on TV telling uh, how bad it is and then changing his mind again and saying yeah but it, now it's not so bad anymore and then kids are contagious and the next time kids are not contagious and then they don't really know what they're talking about they're just trying to steer us in a direction so we don't act out that, that's what I conclude a little bit out of this well if I can I'd like to jump in real quick and I don't I don't you are wrong. Um, I want to add to it. And I think that when we have these large media outlets of information, um, they get their information from a set of sources also, right? So it's just like the information gathering at the top of the White House done from lower sources. And one of the things that I have heard of directly here in the States, here in Mississippi, is that there are many hospitals that are having people fill out death certificates for people for COVID-19, whether they have COVID-19 or, or died from it or not, right? And that there are huge numbers of underlying conditions in the people who are dying. So there's some pre-existing condition that's causing that as well. In addition to that, there I, I got from a friend of mine, again, this is a secondhand source, right? But a physician's assistant um, at a hospital there was saying that they were shipping somewhere between 100 and 300 patients a day from their hospital over the Mississippi border into Louisiana. And if all of those factors combine and nobody is being told anything about that, and at the hospital level where they're saying it's COVID-19, whether it is or not, I think that might just be a product of another problem underlying where they're getting money because the COVID-19 thing. So now we have a, pro a systematic problem as well that is some totaling to this big lie of numbers and statistics that's being handed to another set of governmental organizations who are then also adding new numbers to it. This is happening, I would assume, in all 50 states in some fashion or another. And by the time you get done with it, the numbers that they have in front of them are just not true. They're just fabricated because of, even if it's, even if it's not a conspiracy, even if they are other causes, right? And they love to add the conspiracy thing so that it doesn't look like that. But that, again, is what we're here doing, right? I heard these things here in Mississippi where I am. I bet in Norway, I bet in Africa, I bet in China they are not hearing those things. And I bet those things aren't being thought about. So I'd like to add that to the collective. 
Well, with that being, I'd like to comment right away with that because this is something I'm definitely highly aware of. And there's uh, whistleblowers in New York, out in, I believe, Colorado, in South Dakota, and, and numerous other states that have reported. And the, if I could get, just throw out a name of a channel who's doing the best reporting on this is Richie from Boston. It's the name of his channel. Anyway, with that being said, um, the di there's an issue with the diagnosis and how they're being diagno diagnosed. And, and just like uh, Chris said, there are people, if, if they test positive with COVID, that is ramped up to the cause of death, regardless of how many concurrent conditions are known, even if they have been in a hospice, previously untested, tested non-positive, then became positive, and hospice in, in the United States, that this is the final place of your, uh, just before you die. So it's usually only a couple of days to a couple of weeks, at most a couple of months. And, and people who pass at that point are now being told that's a death from COVID, although they were on the deathbed already from not in unrelated things, not testing positive before. And so this labeling, it's, you know, I had a broken arm, went into the hospital and then it died from some type of medication mistake. And then, then I tested positive. Well, then that's a COVID death. Yeah. Yeah. I also saw uh, here with the RIVM. In Holland, like that, the CD, uh, the R, the REVM is like the CDC, mm. and the Netherlands yeah. kind of like the so that the kind of the same thing. Yeah, and uh, then I checked the numbers of the COVID deaths and the flu, and normally it's in a in an upline, a little bit like this, and then staying constant. But now the COVID was yanked up, but the flu numbers they dropped to an almost point of zero, but that can be happening because there's exactly. still the flu, you know? Exactly. So all these dads now get COVID-19 instead of flu. Yeah, that's not correct, but, but they play with the numbers. I, and I think yeah. they, need, they need to have the numbers high enough to rationalize uh, doing this pandemic, doing this lockdown. Yes. They need well, to the, rationalize it in a way. What's the point? They can they can fudge numbers in the beginning, get everything passed, and then once it's passed, it's in law. Now it's really hard to unlock that. So, and oh, now but oh, by the way, we made a mistake on the numbers. It's a, sorry about that. Let's correct that. But nonetheless, we still have the laws passed we that now yeah. implemented whatever they want to try and do implement. And on that note, that's where I think that there is a conspiracy by the government, and I think that they are actively trying to erode our rights by scaring us and offering us this thing that they call safety that you cannot provide. No, no. And I, I, you cannot extremely not provide it in the form of any vaccine because every time people try to beat nature with something, it will definitely come back and kick you in the back. It, worse than we make another hey, vaccine, same with antibiotics. This show is uncensored. Used to say it can kick you right in the ass. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It kicked you right in the ass. <laughs> right in the fucking ass. <laughs> 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 it, ben, uh, so right now what I'd like to do is we're going to continue this a little bit longer. I'm just going to go ahead later before we go um, just to kind of consolidate the future of this this council. Uh, I do like the name Council of Free Thinkers. Um, anyway, 
just kind of telling things, Ben has shared a lot of things with me um, over this whole thing. I think you said something about like 88% of people in New York that were on a ventilator died. Yeah. As if they were unnecessarily ventilated and the ventilation was too... So, so this is the type of stuff that whistleblowers are getting fired for. This is the type of stuff that, you know, if I go into the hospital now and I, they say, yeah, we're going to put you on a ventilator. And I'm like, I'm going to be like, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm not going to be going to the hospital for this. So what, Ben, what can you uh, share with us as, uh, about that? And then also about your talks with your friend in Germany, because in certain aspects to me, it seems like the high concentration where this epidemic hit, it's, it almost seems like the spread of it is like it was a highly concentrated attack of something at, at some point, and then it dissipates the further away it goes. Because the, the symptoms, the, the situations your friend described in, in, in Italy is horrific. And if this is a radiation attack, and if this is something that we need to be careful for, because if there's too much radiation, if they can somehow alter 4G, and they're trying to make 5G the big enemy, and 4G is something that is still harmful to us, I want you to share your little story about 4G, because if they can fuck with the 4G and bump up its uh, power or pulls, they could cause like radiation type sicknesses. In, in, from what I hear in these stories, it's like people were over irradiated uh, and then it like melted them from the inside out and they're keeping it all secret. They're keeping it all covered. They're not letting these people be autopsied because of it. Yeah. So that was some of the early stuff out of some of the hospitals in Milan. My best friend is a, a guy that does neurotherapy and so forth in Milan, like myself. And he said some of his contacts inside the medical world in Milan, which kind of like Italy's ground zero Lombardy region, they said that uh, it's as if these people had had radiation damage. And that was the word they were using for the first couple of weeks before it had even moved to the US. And they were, he was telling me like ahead of time, we're in shutdown, this is severe. You know, it's, it's everybody speculating what it really is. And like, the fact that we have to speculate what it really is, is just far out. I mean, we wouldn't be here if we all knew exactly what it was to begin with. So <laughs> that makes it interesting. But ben, the leading cause of death ben, in the United ben, States. Ben, hold on. Hold is, on a second, Ben. Uh, you cut out for a second. Uh-oh. So you can... Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, think I, I think I bumped my, my mute button. Where did I leave off at? So with Milan. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't hear any of that part. Yeah, we, we heard a lot. We heard a lot of it. Okay, so he basically said that it was very unclear, but the words that his medical doctor friends were using was it appeared the speed and and the extent of the lung damage was something that was very similar to what would be present in radiation damage. So. Mm -hmm. huh. That opens the other Pandora's box here that people are calling a conspiracy, which is the rollout of 5G. Simultaneous to all of this lockdown, 
he sent me pictures from his roof of his house in Milan. And all the while this lockdown is going on, they've erected, I think now he showed me four towers within a couple blocks of his house that have gone up very close to his place where he lives in Milan uh, for 5G specific towers. I mean, they're very distinctive looking. Um, so that's going on. And then I guess it's just take, taking a step back to look at causes of death as they are in the United States, iatrogenic causes is number three cause of death. They use this, you know, $100 word. Well, now that our money's devaluated, $1,000 word, iatrogenic, to discuss, you know, to disguise reality. I'm going to use some French here. So, Adrian, appreciate this. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a fancy word to fuck with people from being able to understand that it's medical, medical fuck ups. Okay. Properly <laughs> prescribed, properly, yes, properly yes. the protocols, everything was a hundred percent kosher. Yes. Because like the pharmaceutical industry that now, well, that's another call together how it turned out to be that way that drives the medical world controls SOP standard operating procedure. And you have to do X, Y, and Z. And there is an amount of acceptable loss, not to the families and the people, but in their world and legality and what do you call it actuarial sciences and who will cover and how many deaths will you know the whole shit show of a mess that we call modern medicine and so iatrogenics there's a huge 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 iatrogenic or iatrogenesis factor here in this whole thing like if 80 something percent of the people in new york city being vented are dying and they're showing all over the country, but these doctors keep coming out, putting out YouTube videos, then getting removed a day or two later, putting stuff on Twitter, getting removed, putting stuff on Facebook, getting removed. They're saying, use these medications, these vitamins, these minerals, these are the things that will work. Removed, removed, violates their policies and, and conduct procedures, like, because they're telling the truth, like the hydrochloroquine thing. My same friend has been to Africa for a bunch of vacations, got malaria twice, they told him to go home and drink this, Schweppes, tonic water, two liters a day. They say a clinical dosage of hydro, uh, hydrochloroquine is 20 liters of, of Schweppes with quinine. He said two liters a day for two days, both times was what the doctor told him to do. Went back and no malaria. So, oh, okay. And the guy came out and did a, he did a YouTube video about drink tonic water like it's your job if you get the stupid thing. You don't even go to the hospital just to take the risk that they're going to intubate you or put you in a vent. Do this. They took that guy's video down like 24 hours later. And as a they, medical doctor, telling how to treat people. Like, they, yeah. they ripped. I think he was a chiropractor. There's a couple of videos, I think. But nonetheless. But they yes, ripped that, him there was a chiropractor one. one, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. – the. I forgot what, what the name was that show was or not show that uh, website. Do you remember Kevin? What, what with the doctor? The yeah. Chiropractor? They had a, they, they had an article that just ripped him a new one. I can't oh, remember. That was um, yeah, yeah, Buzzfeed. Yeah. Buzzfeed. So then you get people like Buzzfeed that is going to rip anybody a new one for right. speaking what, you know, truths they've discovered. Having a free thought. Having a free thought, exactly. Well, that's like Snopes. It's like they're paid for yes. agenda, agenda management, we'll say that. Yeah. Sure. Have you heard from the, the German lawyer who sued uh, the government? 
Is this a joke? No. No. No joke. <laughs> no, but it can sound like a joke, you know. <laughs> Did you hear about the the, the Norwegian no, no, that no. locked his keys in the car? It's no, no. joke. I'll uh, get the, the data uh, again. There's a German woman. She She's a lawyer, and she sued the government for telling them uh, the lockdown is actually illegal from civil rights, uh, from the... Yes, the the grondwet. You know what what is said in English? Grondwet. Grondwet. What is it? In English, grondwet. The, uh, the ground. The ground rig, ground rules. The basic the basic law. Yeah. That, that counts for everything, and uh, she said that it was a violation of that, and uh, sh she started suing the government and. Before the trial started, uh, that she got arrested, and now she's in a psychiatric hospital. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Getting therapy, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably. Hope, well, hopefully we don't all end up uh, in one, too. Yeah. yeah. Diagnosis? Yeah. Conspiracy theorist. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Mm -mm. Um. I think that definitely touches on something here too. And in, in the states, the uh, the social distancing thing is uh, far and wide, and um, they are enforcing it in some places uh, more strictly than others. In the big cities, big time, they are. And uh, I think what it ends up equating to is, okay, this is this is a crisis. This is an emergency. How long does this emergency last? Is it like the war on terror, and it just kind of goes on forever, and you end up taking away our right to peaceable assembly? Right, because right. now we can't stand more than six feet apart from each other. How many people can we fit in a small space? Right, and they suddenly have the right to use tear gas and disband us because we're a public nuisance or we're endangering public. Say that again, endangering what? Public health. Yeah. Mm. And the th we can fit 500 on my computer screen. Really? <laughs> <laughs> through, through Zoom. <laughs> so that's where we're at now I'm trying to see if we can get more people to have you know get it like we get it i know he can talk i know he's called people in ic you can talk to i think so no so yeah but that's the thing is we're, everything has to have a beginning and so we're going to begin the discussion and um so now we've established pretty much that this COVID-19 has a lot of, a lot of uh, blind spots in it, a lot of things that we can't really say is true, but we can say these, these testimonials, these stories, these whistleblowers have shared this information. So then what do you guys think? Do you think there's a potential that, okay, now everything's going to open up and my, and they're going to create another, the, you well, know, so I, the another outbreak comes well so here's the, here's the thing here's the rub right so everyone at least in the united states the majority of people are now hoping for the vaccination hoping for the vaccination we're, but we say when we have the vaccination and yes there is things opening up and if the, some of the information we had, had had shared earlier not necessarily on the call um there's, there's some current articles out right now talking about how there's been uh, findings of the testing kits itself containing the vaccine, uh, containing the virus, 
So getting tested isn't injecting the, the situation into oneself. And then there's the, also the uh, not uh, mainstream commonly, well, I don't know, I don't know the common except, uh, accepted definition of virus. The, when, the, there's two virologists I connect, well, three now I've connected to. And when you look at what, what is a virus and what it comes from, and then there's this other doctor, his name is Dr. Kaufman, he's becoming very popular now. He talks about something called exosomes. And so if you look at the nature of a virus, the virus doesn't behave as the average person believes it does. What the movies and, and the stories have led us to believe about how viruses are, are, are created and what their purpose is in life. And, and it, basically we have a fear approach with viruses where in actuality, they, they serve a very good and important purpose in life. And so there's that discussion too, of what is virus? So kind of the whole thing I, I see COVID as is simply part of the magic act to distract people over here while lots of things are happening over there. And what is those things happening over there? Why the, basically everyone's being entrained into this gigantic uh, vibration of a certain, uh, of a certain, perspective and the more people that see thing a certain way well then it's easier to get other things accomplished that people can't see that thing it's like well it's like when when someone learns a new word for the first time they've never heard it before but they learn that word and they learn the definition of the word then you can hear it everywhere so if your mind's not tuned into something it's literally you can't see something so what what's mm -hmm. going on we're all being focused on and something else is happening on the scenes and it's becoming more evident in my opinion of what that actually is you can only hide behind the curtain so long um yeah it's like and when you talk to people about this stuff i've noticed it's just like they have headphones on and they're listening to different music and you're speaking to them and let's say you know i used to get really upset with with myself because uh people wouldn't at least hear my perspective on a situation and then I would be pissed. And then it's like somebody with headphones on and they're walking across the street and you see a buses are going to hit them and the bus hits them and you didn't see that they had headphones on and you were yelling and screaming at them to get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. And then it's as if you go home thinking that the whole time that you, they if the only that person would have heard you, but if you went and took a closer look, they had headphones in and they couldn't hear you in the first place. So then how do we get the headphones off of people and get their head out of the sand to at least hear this information? That's, that's, that's the most difficult part because everybody else in the world, the majority is so closed off from wanting to discuss these things, especially when you use the word conspiracy theory. Yeah. First, uh, the first thing to do is we have to give them the insight of, over how psychology works because this uh, what is being used is, is survival instinct and the problem with this COVID-19 is fear and fear is uh, fear really acts, activates the survival mechanism so uh, if you tell people yeah you get sick and you, you can die of COVID then survivalist kicks in and you can tell them everything else, but they won't listen just of the chance by getting killed. So the fear is used as a factor to control 
the, the, the mind in a certain way because they know survival kicks in and people will put those headphones on and you can tell them everything you want, but the fear is there. And once the fear is there, yeah, try to get them out of that. How are we going to do that? You, you talk about oh, the death, fear of death. Excuse me, Chris. Yeah, the fear of death. Yeah, yeah. So when you, when something threatens your life, yeah, then survival mode just kicks in, and then it's hard to persuade somebody to get him out of that state. Chris, you got I think you guys are really onto something, and I would go back to. <sighs> Again, the psychology of it, right? I'm, I'm in the mindset of the United States of America. So for me, it's different. It's hard to think about the outside world from that. But, but here and in that paradigm of it, um, it all started here in the 50s after World War II when my grandparents came home and they had just relieved the fear of death, the thing you were just talking about, right? Mm. And everybody enjoyed so much having this peacetime again, that we weren't at war, that there wasn't this constant, terrible, imminent fear of death. And we adopted this idea that we could make life really pretty, right? When you think about the 50s in America, I think about like Pleasantville, right? And it's the little two and three bedroom suburban houses with a white picket fence, and you don't need any land because all the, the government systems and the corporations around you will provide everything that you need. And you can live in this happy, shiny place and go out and mow your lawn and wave at your neighbors and everything will be fine and shiny and happy. And I think that they planted that into us and it's been going on so long now that we just all have grown up and operate in that paradigm. And none of us know what it was like to have a brother that had his arm ripped off at, uh, at the mill when he was 12. You know, none of us have any idea what it was actually like when slavery existed in, in this country specifically, right? These, these terrible, horrible things that happen to people and, and the things that come from it. I think that people are so disengaged today. And I think that there's such a lack of interest because in a lot of ways, you can just kind of stay in your bubble and go along and everything works out and you get to get old and, and watch your kids grow up and you got to put up with, you can kind of make it and, and go by and have a decent life. And, you know, we say here in America, as long as you can put food on the table and gas in the SUV, everything's all right. We're not going to, we're not going to come after you, but we are getting to the point again, where, where people are really starting to feel the suffering of the system that's being pushed in slowly around us and on us and for a very small group of people that benefit from it and they get to hang out on tv and in the white house and everywhere else that we have built them these palaces of import and grab a couple of people that like that think like them that they to the school and they bring in their families and they continue the circle and they live above us and they do it on our dime and on our backs and I think that's the real problem. That's the conspiracy part of it, right? Where it doesn't matter if they're working together or not. They're all willing to do these things independently. And it works in such a way that it just pushes on us. And I think that we need to interest enough of the people in this fact that it's like, hey, life can be better than it is right now. It can be easier. And with the technology and everything that we have today, we can shape this and turn it into something wonderful for the people 
or we can let them keep doing this and turn it into a prison because this is, you know, uh, very reminiscent of the book that I read when I, I think it was like 14 when I read it. Um, what if Hitler had digital? And it was just kind of a synopsis of, you know, what the world had, would have been like had Hitler actually had computer technology and, and or rock things. And, and it looks a lot like today. And 1984 is another one. You know, we talk about the conspiracy thing and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, here's this fiction writer who came out on his deathbed and said, it's not really a lot of fiction. I kind of got a bunch of it from a friend of mine that I hang out with. And you should watch these people. And they're real dangerous. Um, and the, the world that he envisioned, they couldn't have conceived of the paradigm that we have now because of the technology. But every single one of us, including the devices that we're on right now, right? And the devices that we voluntarily go out and buy and now buy and make monthly payments on because they're so expensive. We as ordinary can't afford to have our phones, which contain microphones and video recorders and all kinds of equipment that sit there and watch us all the time, or at least are capable of it. And when they want to turn the prison on, they can. And if we're not watching them and if we're not telling them what to do and making sure that they're doing what we want, we will get the government we deserve. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. That hit. Yeah. Spot um, on. Yeah. If I, if I can comment on uh, just a few topics, I think you can add to your list here. You know, the book 1984, uh, there's another book a little older, uh, the name's escaping me. However, there, these, both of the gentlemen who wrote these books uh, had memberships or family memberships in something called the Fabian Society. And these are the kind of individuals who took um, what was it? What society? Fabian. Fabian Society. There's a, there's a, there's a channel um, by some former uh, Alex Jones reporters. Um, and the channel is called Truth Stream Media. They do a phenomenal job of uh, digging into um, declassified documentation and this, that, and the other thing, and going to different sites and and going in going into the truth search for these theories that people call conspiracy and um they talk they go into great depth of the fabian society and the origins of the books and the thinking of that and we're you know we're talking groups of individuals that have um of course all the right connections and are connected to uh, the you know whether the, the eight or ten names that always seem to be around um the evil of the world and uh they have plans that are you know 150 years 200 years ahead of time and it's just incrementally being implemented in, in course as things change in reality, um, there's changing in plans. And there's another overarching thing I must say about all this and the timing of it. And I see come mid mid uh, May, there's gonna be even a further clampdown, a further, further compression of restriction. And that is kind of along the same lines as how the, the wise men found Jesus. The planet movement cycles, excuse me, planetary movement cycles and rhythms of life can be determined, can be, uh, can be um, measured and patterns can be, uh, can be revealed um, about uh, different consciousness and, and, and things that seem to like they, they go around at certain periods of time. For instance, real quick, it, we're seeing a pattern right now that relates to the 60s and relates to the 30s, a 30-year kind of cycle. And then we're also seeing a cycle that relates to this, to the Renaissance. 
and um, some other, oh, and there's another piece of cycle that relates to the Civil War. And so we see those kind of mentalities, what was going on then, and we see the kind of energy, the temperature of the water, so to speak, that we're all in. And it's ripe for a, a shift of control of power, but who's controlling the power? That's why we're here, is because we we kind of want to figure that out in a way. Well, I, you know, I kind of put that question out there facetiously. I don't know the word. Facetiously. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Facetious and is a word that has all the letters A, E, I, O, and U in alphabetical order within the word. Just hmm. for a little comic bit there. <laughs> well, that's, that's the Jeopardy move right there. <laughs> but following the money is the biggest thing, I think. Uh, because the money system that we have in the world in play is going to change here soon. And uh, I, in my opinion, this is just my perspective, is if, if there, this turns into a crisis everywhere and everybody's starting to lose their stuff, everybody's going to go broke, and then suddenly they have a new bailout with this new, cent, uh, new currency. But in order to be, get this new currency, you have to be chipped and you have to have the vaccination. So then they're going to offer a crazy amount of money and the crazy amount of money that would be put into a system that thrives on consumption, the system would be right back up to where it is, but they're going to be in control of everybody and everybody's going to be vaccinated. And maybe each of these vaccinations, uh, maybe that it creates an on off switch where they can pretty much give you COVID-19 with the push of a button if you're if you got a chip and that's where my brain goes into the kind of the, the darkest type of prison you can imagine chris <laughs> even the other one you know if you cut off the currency from the chip that's the same thing in our country as as killing somebody uh money equals yeah. resources you know yeah. and that's the thing at the end of the day money equals resources and uh i we get back to this every time they're able to use the money against us right which is why it's so important that they own and control it and keep it in their little in their little circle and you know all the money that we print and use in the world is loaned to the world by these folks that you were talking about that happen to come up time and time again and they've been doing this so long that they actually really do control about a hundred percent of the resources the things that we have are delegated to us from them to begin with right so if you have a central bank and it borrows money from something, where does the money come from? It has to come from somewhere. So the people that loan us the money to do that and want the loan back with interest on it now control our money supply. Andrew Jackson thought this was really bad and he ran his presidency and said, we're gonna get rid of the central bank. We have to own our own money if we're gonna to continue to be a solvent, strong country. And they agreed with him and they did it and they chased the central bank off. And like you were saying, these people, they just do this very slowly and they are willing to unleash these horrible plagues and deaths upon all of the civilians of the world to do it. And I think when you try to wake people up, that's what you have to get across. It's like, Hey, no, these are the people that are killing your friends. These are the people that are responsible for these things. And all of these ideas that we had about being statesmen and about being elected and about being part of the system, they've just been put off by everyone and we can't afford that. Like you have to be 
a little bit more of a world citizen that can't just be an Instagram scroll. You have to be a little bit involved. And right, right now, still in America, um, there are enough people that are not suffering so badly that they don't have to. So we don't. We just got lazy. Everybody got lazy. Yeah. And it's killing us. Yep. Uh, ben, I have a question for you. Yeah, truth. Um, <laughs> if, if people are listening to this, if the people listening to this podcast and we want to start them maybe on their own research journey, uh, do you know what, how, how would you describe what an adrenochrome is? <laughs> how do you describe it? Ugh. Or would you be able to? Sure. Why not? Uh, give us, so, give us the kindergarten, ver kindergarten, so the version, kindergarten version is, this is, <laughs> this is apparently something that's been quote harvested for centuries longer, probably by elitist slash satanic ritual doing people where by they terrify a person to release extreme amounts of adrenaline into their system and then harvest their blood which then is theoretically charged with the excessive amounts of adrenaline and then they consume the blood full of all of this adrenaline with some theory that it provides some kind of rejuvenative or uh, life extension kind of possibilities or it's just part of some occult ritual and they get off on it. I don't really know for sure, but yeah. Cause then I'm glad, I, we, I'm glad I, we went there. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I just saw something here. that says that they were, they found an adrenochrome batch that was made in Wuhan, China. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So, well, that's actually something that's interesting. That was, you know, I, I, I couldn't find this information because apparently it's on the, what is the Anthony Weiner's laptop? Who's like that Huma Abedin, who is uh, Hillary Clinton's either assistant or handler. Yeah, that's right. Her, her assistant could actually be her Middle Eastern handler for all we really know. That's a and theory. Handling, yeah, handling and each other. Handling each other too. I mean, depends upon how much you want to go into it, but there's a lot it's of conspiracy. weird stuff. It's another conspiracy. But that uh, one of the things that the NYPD, New York City police officers were supposed to have witnessed on this guy's laptop was a video of this Huma and Hillary Clinton terrifying and torturing a young girl, then cutting her face off, wearing it as a mask while the girl was still alive to scare her literally to the point of this extreme terror to release excess adrenaline. They said that the officers watching it were throwing up, crying, et cetera, et cetera. And somehow this information hasn't moved to any kind of a arrests or actions yet, which is absurd. Like how people, if you just follow the dots and connect the dots, regardless of if that story is just some hyperbole or there's reality, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. That's an old American saying. Uh, maybe that's a global saying. I don't know. But if you look at the sheer number of people throughout the political careers of Bill, then Hillary Clinton, there is a trail of suicided people. And it's just too 
bizarre that there hasn't been a massive investigation. Even one count of murder is enough for anybody to be put away. And they have, I think it's in the 80s now, of people that are directly linked to information could have been released or some business dealing that didn't go their way. That person died by car wreck, random heart attack. I mean, this just on and on and on and on. Killed themselves. No notes ever, of course. Um, none of the family members ever believed that these people were any type of depression or anything. The guy, Seth Rich, who's the, supposedly the guy that gave the emails to Wiki. Here's him dead in his driveway, shot in the back um, right before it was like two or three days before he was supposed to do a deposition. And it just goes on and on and on and on. And I think a lot of people get intimidated and freaked out about this stuff just because it's like when you live in a level of denial and you start to pull the curtain back and you start to see things that are true to a degree gets to be infinity, how deep it could go. Can't, they don't have the faculties to handle reality. They want to sit there and they want to watch ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, CNN, and think somehow those news sources are news sources, not just to kind of keep the sheeple in the pasture grazing and doing their thing. And so, yeah, that's <laughs> adrenochrome. Wow. I have to admit, I didn't, I feel like I've seen that, that type of stuff from some movie. Well, right. so I think, exactly. I, I think I that's want, a, definitely. Ben, please, please. I just, you know, this, this all thing about uh, all the action that people are keeping their head in the, in the sand, so to speak, it, it's around death. I think Josh had it right. It's around death and the fear of death. And they'll be getting to the whole satanic thing. And essentially, it's a it's a death cult essentially versus a life culture and <laughs> for sure and you know now we're talking yin and yang now we're talking universal principles now we're talking metaphysics and then we what is death what is death what happens what what is the whole non-physical realm and 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 now we're talking into the, what the satanic role is in my opinion is to steal souls and what do people do about money they sell their they they sell their soul for fame, for fortune. Hmm. And, and, and the people who don't do that, they've been tricked into the whole money thing we just talked about. And, and, and we're in a society where a handful percentage of, of the world is at a financial ability to have any type of savings. And in, a very, in, in, in every country, there's a very small percentage and everybody else is living paycheck to paycheck based on the standard of the local economy, the local country. And, and then people do anything for those resources because that's life. And we've been told we can't get life from, we don't know how to, we don't know how to farm anymore. We can't, you know, and in some, some places in here in the United States, you can't have, you can't have any type of vegetable growing on your property if you live in a certain kind of neighborhood because of whatever the landscaping rights are you know excuse me no those things are absurd and you know there, there are some ups and some downs to living in mississippi and i'm lucky enough that you know we do actually have um we're working on building a small working farm and right now we have some chickens and some ducks and a pig and you know that kind of thing and it's fun and i get a kick out of it and we love the living and the lifestyle and it's uh it is very different and it doesn't have a need 
of a lot of the things that these folks have built that they use for those systems of control, if you like. That's right. Um, That's right. I think that there is a real disconnect between people and, and reality. And if even if we go away from the metaphysical uh, part of it, the spiritual part of it, the, the balance in nature that exists mm-hmm. that we can all see, right? This right. yin and yang, the good and evil that you talk about. Um, not only is it there, not only is it present, it's, it's always at a constant struggle to, to fight and keep this balance. And I think what happened now, I think what we're all experiencing is a drastic shift in the yin and yang. And we have given so many of the resources and so much power to these few very, very evil, terrible people. And it has done so much that even though they are a small group of people, they are in so much power that they can control a much larger swath of the yin and yang. And they have systemically grabbed large portions of society and pulled them over to their side without actually giving them any of the benefits that they receive. They're just their minions doing their bidding. And I think that the other side of it is this, it's this, we have to have a critical thinking. We have to have a, a statesmanship awakening to the idea that we are more in control of our destiny if we want to be. And that's the yes. big thing. I think yes. a lot of people really don't want to be. We have to get people interested in wanting to be part of their own destiny and that the things that are, are not as good as it can be. And that maybe they're bad. Well, you know, now you're evoking in me the idea of, of self-responsibility and, and action. Don't and say that out I, loud. Personal responsibility. Don't you dare say that. However, there however, is, however. There is someone to blame and a law to make for everything. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> what where I think there's a, a shift needed is this idea that work is 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 bad. And I don't want to just say like go into office and, and plug in that that kind of but you talk about farming. You got your hands in the dirt, you're up in the morning, you're seeing the sun, you're out in the sun, you're getting you're you're moving, like that's life. And we it's community, and of course we all have a role to fill in that local community. So what I'm saying though is that 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 at the end of the day. At the end of the week, at the end of the month, your work has produced something. You have you have built something, and it's it's the reveling in that production, and it's the reveling in the process that we I think we're missing. No, I feel that the world itself, humans, are are missing that um, that satisfaction of of the effort. And I want to bring that now, to the world real quick. Keep keep on that. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you got to take the chickens, land some eggs, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point that's the point is like, what are we focusing on what are we building and and we have gotten we've gotten hypnotized we've gotten hypnotized into like this 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 fake you know we're getting we're getting the we're getting the joy we're, we're joy drunk because of the screen and how it affects the brain and the neurology and, and then and what, what we start to what's called neuroassociate i call it neuroassociate we start wiring in habits together because it's easy to get that that oh, people like my picture. Anxiety, I call it. Was that? And I think that's sad. I call it phoneziety. I think that's sad that people have to get all that good stuff from Instagram, and you have to look at my baby chicken because you don't have a baby chicken, right? Like you were saying, it's you can't even. There's a law that says that you can't have a baby chicken. This is our baby chicken from our chickens. We hatched this chicken. This this, this chicken wasn't bought from a store. He he was born and made right here, and uh, it is it is real life and it's fun and. There are eggs every morning, and I get to get up and 
feed the kids and the dogs and everybody and it i like life like this and, and how good do those eggs taste i mean oh oh my god they're a, so awesome get a real egg you then you go to the grocery store here like the average grocery store here in the united states and you get the egg and the, the, the shell is like crumbling as you pick it up out of the of the box and it looks all Yo. kind of like grayish <laughs> it's like this is a mm. sad egg <laughs> and then you crack you then it's like you get a real egg you get you gotta pound that thing against it to crack it <laughs> and then the art the color that comes out oh it's so bright it's like the sun it's amazing oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. and that's all i think that's part of it too you know we just we've just uh we, we grabbed that idea of the 50s of pleasantville yeah. Yeah. and this is this is the car like this is the causal result of that process right is eggs that are yellow and bad because they come from a factory farm where nothing's cared for and it's again, you know, it's this hands-off laziness. Like I'm not responsible for me. I'm not responsible for my own destiny, and I'm not responsible for anybody else out there. And that is the global mindset right now. And it's so selfish, and it sucks. And that's what we need to fix. Yeah, yeah. it's a big wake-up call because that's what's going to happen for the people that are, you know, essentially head in the sand. They're going to become the burden themselves. They're going to be. They themselves are becoming the wound. And um, well. And nature will nature will do its thing regardless of emotion, regardless of feelings, regardless of karma. Nature will nature will handle itself. Mm, mm -mm. It's, it's been around forever, so that's why it's evolved this way. Only we try to beat it every time. Um, anybody else have anything they want to say about the the COVID nineteen situation to the audience here listening? I'm going to make my exit with that being said. Okay. Gentlemen. Kevin, we appreciate having you on the show. And uh, in two <clears throat> weeks, we're going to be doing another show. And I'm going to, in a little bit, I'll just before we end, I'm going to go over that whole list I went over with earlier. Uh, what Chris said would take 23 years for us to dissect. And this just, this whole thing that we're here doing is uh, conspiracy theories have been created in a way to distract us as well. So if you take the conspiracy theory spider web, that's what we're here to uh, deconstruct by creating our own spider web of collective cooperation, a collective perspective to break the strength of that spider web. But in order to dissect this spider web and to see what it is take a bigger step back because you have conspiracy theorist types of all different kinds from all different things you know and i i know little bits about all these different uh spider web anchors so the list that we're going to be going over over this next year every two weeks maybe every week if we can even if we decide to do that we're going to add more people. We're going to have guests on this panel so we can get some specialists on the show regarding the topics. But we're going to start with, we're, there's, this isn't in order that we're doing it. We're going to decide on what's going to be the good topic and then we'll announce it to the people before the show. And this list starts with the banking cartel, uh, personal sovereignty, religion, pharmaceutical industry, Fluoride, the education system today, death, holistic medicine, 
the politics and the lobbyists in the world, racism, false flags, taxation, uh, breast milk is best, the elite pedophiles, 9-11, the Mandela effect, cannabis as a healing herb, the Fabian Society, privacy. And so we're going to be going into these on our show on the Intuitive Mind Solutions podcast. We're going to choose one out of a, a hat or what I call the, the container of controversy. And we're going to discuss that with people on our show on the Intuitive Mind Solutions podcast show. We'll just discuss one in very short perspective of the guests that we have on the show to see what other people are thinking. But then we're also going to be actively, I'm going to encourage all of us on the show here to recruit other people that you think would be a good fit for this group. I'm very happy with what we've have for this group right now. I don't know if you guys are with me on that, but I feel like this, this brain hub we have to start is quite strong. Yeah, I think it was a ton of fun. I, I had a great time. It was good meeting you guys. I think that everybody has a really interesting perspective and, and something awesome to add. I look forward to talking to you guys. And that's the key is my vision and my dream is to bring the right people that I think that can support each other at the best possible way in order to, to bring the strengths out in each other and in the rest of the world. Because our potential as humans is limited by our inability to work together. And our potential to evolve is also limited by our inability to think freely for yourself. There's no evolving in the future if we don't think and be skeptical and ask questions and challenge the current belief systems that were indoctrinated and conditioned to feel or to, to follow, to feel and follow. So we don't want to be followers. What happens to the followers? They get led to the slaughter, the herd. And that's where we're not going to be. We're going to be walking the other way. And we're going to be shining a light for the people in the world that, that want to express their voice to the rest of the world. And I want to give you guys the ability to say to the, to the masses, what the fuck is up? What the fuck is the truth? What is real? What is not? What is bullshit? What is true? And that's what the, cons the Council of cons uh, Controversy is all about. But I think the name has possibility to change. So we're going to vote for it. <laughs> it's going to possibly change to something else. So I'm open for other suggestions, but I'm liking the Council of Free Thinkers. Or it could be the Council of Controversy and Free Thinkers. Good all. Let's have a vote soon. So does anybody else want to say anything before we sign off? Ah, this was a good one. I gotta go cut down a tree or something and do some do some farming. So to end all of our shows, to, to end all of our shows, we say say, what do we say, Joshua? Stay relaxed. Stay relaxed, everybody. So she's got this picture of a dude carrying a cell phone in his pocket, radiating, and that's like the radiation spectrum or broadcast depth going through 
like radiating the bone marrow, and it specifically talks about that on the top of the chart. Bone marrow, genital organs, affecting reproduction and bone marrow function. And so for fun, I never shared this in a... So a new topic would be uh, depopulation. Well, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. This little phone that fit in the palm of my hand, I carried in my back left pocket from 2001 till 2007. All right. And let's see here. Get back to the pictures. Okay, so we saw the radiation effect. So this is, if you can see the picture on the picture, this is my pelvic and hip x-ray. So this over here would be a normal femur. And this is my left femur. Mm. Some reflection there. Anyway, I'll go to the close-up one. So this is the left femur. I don't know what's bouncing back. My screen. There we go. So that's mm. left femur. The marrow oh. canal was basically destroyed for four inches. Wow. Uh, manifested that I had night sweats. A CRP, if anybody knows what C-reactive protein is, of 52. And I lost 35 pounds in six weeks. And was told if I didn't get this cut out completely, I was either going to die or have the leg amputated inside of 30 days. This is I was told this by the world-renowned, I like to do things in quote when I'm making fun of something, uh, <laughs> the world-renowned Mayo Clinic in Minnesota said that to me. But and that is the exact spot where you uh, carry the phone? Cell phone. And I asked them specifically because I don't have any other reason that that area specifically would have got affected by anything other than carrying the cell phone in the back pocket. And they're like, oh, no, that, that's, that's conspiracy theory stuff. Well, it's really, <laughs> that's I mean, it is conspiracy line. theory stuff. But at the same time, my father was one of the police officers who was part of the uh, Motorola radio suit where the... All, all of the motorcycle officers, and I think quite a few of the beat cops and patrol officers and things were wearing the, um, just the whole radio on their shoulder up here. And it gave them all brain cancer. Right. And uh, my dad was lucky enough to have his operated on and taken care of, but there was a lawsuit and they lost and they had to pay for everything. And it was on Motorola. That's, that's a very real thing. And it's happened before. Um, I remember this story, Ben, from you. I don't know if I remember that situation that you were in back then uh, and what happened. You told me the story. I won't ever forget it, but they, you know, they presented Ben with this options that, yeah, you had to get a metal rod in his femur and or hip replacement in order for him to go. And, you know, the, this gives me inspiration because Ben basically the day he was going into the surgery, he just, he told them at the Mayo Clinic, he says, okay, guys, I'm not going to do this. You guys can fuck off. And then did something unique that I don't think anybody in the planet has done. And <laughs> with, the, with the ARP, can I tell them what you did? It, this, sure. is being this is being yeah. recorded as well. What, you, what did you do <laughs> oh, about it? I, I thought we ended the recording. I started oh, it. Turned it back I, on, I, I turned oh, it back on. I turned it back on. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. The interesting. I mean, it's 13 years ago. So, yeah. so he, in, the, in the incision point where they took that biopsy in his hip, he, Ben works with an art machine, which is a very highly high-intensity uh, electromagnetic stimulation unit, would you say, to make it simple? 
Yeah, bioelectrical stimulator. Yeah. Yeah. So then, and he put this fucking thing on my back once, and I was doing an exercise with it, and this thing was so strong that I felt my abs moving. <laughs> it was crazy. And well, he, through the incision point where they did the biopsy, he crushed his antibiotics and he filled that incision, that wound with it, crushed antibiotics. And then he put the bioelectrical stimulation unit over it and jacked it up. And right now, how would you say you are? I've been symptom free for like three, totally free from like three months out. But my blood work was normal in 10 days. And my x-ray showed healing within one month. And six months later, it was clean. Wow. So, so this, this good mechanic. Man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so this type of stuff is, is necessary for us to share. So there's so much uh, healing that's possible. And there's so much pharmaceutical uh, money-driven decisions in medicine that it's it's no different than the attitude that Chris was alluding to about people and there's a law for everything and no personal accountability. People don't want to be accountable for their money. They don't want to be accountable for their health anymore. And it's all part of the brainwash system. And there's answers for damn near everything. If people just want to open their eyes and think and go look for answers, like there just are. And that's, for a while it's a lonely place to live. And then you figure out there's other people like this group that want to actually use their brain for something other than, you know, <laughs> something to absorb the next sitcom with. Uh, and here we are. Yes. Yeah. So this was, this was the postscript version of the Council of Controversy show. So everybody, <laughs> we're saying goodbye twice. Stay relaxed. Stay relaxed. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Stay relaxed.